First of all, Fredrik Parham Cotton. It's a very, very, very high yontiv, a high day. It's a very big Aesrots, and every person has things that we need to daven for. One of the highest days of the whole year, and it doesn't happen every year, is Parham Cotton. It's a big, big opening in Shemai. There's a side opening that they didn't teach us about in school. And, and those are the ones of the, that, like Rabbi Nachman's talking about, the Shvil Echad Karten, the little road on the side. And a person has to know that tonight, tomorrow, and Shushan Purim Karten are very, very, very powerful days. And so we can begin with the tefillah that this house should be filled with Simcha, Nachas, and Brach. And I want to thank Ruchi and, and, and Alan. It should be a house that's filled with and brachas, yeshuas, and all kinds of good things, with the children playing, good health, nachas, admei v'esam shon. We're on page Nundalik. We're learning such important, important yeshuas. We always associate separating ourselves from things of the world with a very, very negative, uncomfortable feeling. And and even though those who have grown up in the film world have been hearing that from the time that we could remember, and there were those who painted the world as a place that's scary and ugly and out to get us, and we have to we have to run away from the world, and and that of course is very much against our sensibilities, and and, and it doesn't look so bad to us. There are bad things in the world, but there are a lot of wonderful things, and the Torah, the Barshal made a wonderful world, and he's not trying to scare us out of the world. <clears throat> there, are, there are infinite opportunities for closeness to Hashem's Baruch in this world, but it's a world, like the Ronchal says, of Nisyanis, where the person misinterprets the world and misuses the world. Obviously, the world can be a place that brings him, to, that brings him away from his tachlis. What the what the Mechaber is helping us with, helping us to understand, is that separating ourselves from the negative elements that present themselves to us in life in this world that could bring us down, which doesn't mean, let's say, eating per se. It means just eating the wrong way or the wrong things. It doesn't mean sleeping. That's a good thing. But sleeping too much and sleeping uh, sleeping for tachlis and so on, and, and so it is with everything. So we associate the effort to rise above those things that are pulling us with a very negative feeling. And, uh, and the ultimate negative feeling that we've been talking about, the ultimate negative is death itself, because that means, you know, that means no more, no more sleeping as we know it, and no more, you know, no more pressing as we know it. What could be worse than that? It's hard enough to say no for, you know, Yom Kippur, but he's fretting about the whole year. Uh, comes a tish above what's going to be, what's going to be. So we have very negative feelings about separating from the world. It's something we're not comfortable with because we're very embedded in the world. And taking us away from that causes in us feelings of sadness, but death for sure. But other things, it certainly is not a, a, doesn't cheer us up, make us feel good. But the is what the Mechaber is explaining here, it's so so important is that is that it's just the opposite. The truth is that that a person's pressure, a person's rising above the pitfalls of this world itself, that that itself is a source, can be the source of unbelievable joy. Unbelievable simcha. Tremendous simcha. It's the cherished simcha. But the tzaddikim said that only a person who had a tithe to do something wrong and separated himself and didn't give in, only such a person knows what true pleasure is. Which if you say that in the world, they say it's just the opposite. Only somebody that indulges in pleasure, X, Y, and Z, knows what pleasure is. And every commercial is, this, you have, this is a pleasure you haven't tried yet. You don't know, you have never lived until you try our brand of beer, you know. You haven't lived. So a person says, I haven't lived. I'm already, you know, 84 years old, and he's telling me I haven't, eat, I haven't lived. So this time I have to get this beer, because then I could live. So that's the whole world is saying, that when you have this Tanug, when you have this, when you give into this Taiva, you will taste 
a pleasure that you've never tasted. And the Torah tells us that when you when you are strong enough to withstand the test of a pleasure of the physical world, pleasure, you know, that that beer or whatever it might be, so then you're, you're, you will experience a tannic of pleasure. That's a true pleasure of the next world, beyond this world. And therefore we're capable of having tremendous simcha. It doesn't mean to leave lives, lives of asceticism to go and to run away. That's not the way of the Torah. It's to be in the world. And to, and a, but a world where the tachlis of everything is, that's nasha. The vake is nasha. And this is what he explains. So let's let's go on the bottom of Nandal. Let's have another example. We have to think. We have to think like a Jew. We're not talking about thinking like some super duper extra special Jew. What it means to think like a Jew? How are we supposed to think like Jews? Every one of us here is going to be able to identify with this. A person is invited to a wedding on a certain day at a certain time. Another person. The person thinks to himself, Look, I'd rather be, I'd rather not go that night. I'd rather be able to stay home or to stay in the Bismarck. But I can't not go. The, the Bali Simcha, is, they're going to be hurt. They'll be insulted. So the person says to himself, I must go because it's a Chiv from one Jew to another. Therefore, I'm chayiv to God. So, that's pretty. That's pretty good, no? Because in the end, in the end, he goes. That's pretty good. And um, and the attitude, we don't find that the person's angry or uh, particularly uh, um, upset about it. But in his in his mind, he runs through this thought that them is I'd rather not. But I don't want to hurt somebody, so then I'm I'll go. Could be these words are okay. There's nothing bad. The words themselves mean those words. I will go because it's I should go. It's, it's a proper thing to do for those people. Those words are fine. But the pattern of thinking here is flawed. Not evil, but it's flawed. It reveals a pagan, uh, it reveals a blemish. Something is wrong in this person's way of thinking as a Jew. Why? Nevoya mahit sura alpitara. This is, let's try to learn what is the Torah, what is the Torah's way of thinking about this. The first and natural thing that a person thinks about is there's a conflict. I am expected to be at a chasna, but there's something else that I'm supposed to be that I would like to do. That I would like to do. There's something else that I would like to do. Then you have to look at both sides. Yamin mul smol, the right and the left. Meaning, the first choice, the first possibility is to travel, to go to the to go to the chasna. To do this act of kindness by being the sameach, the chasn. The family, the whatever, the kal, the chasen kal, the families, to be whoever the bali simchov, you know, to be misamech and to make them happy, it's a chesed. So that's choice A. Have shavas hashnia. Now we're talking about a good guy. We're not talking about somebody that wants to stay behind to to to, to watch some reruns. Have shavas hashnia. He loves shavas v'lumatayra. The person wants to stay and learn. Wants to stay and learn. Now these are the two choices: to go to the chasna, to do a chesed. The chasna can take a long time. The chasna can take a long time. We were zayich last night to go to the chasna. It was seven and a half hours between the driving and the and, and, and being at the simcha But it could take a long time. And there's a so a lot of the chaver going with buses and schlepping. 
could take a long time. If you have to go outside the Yishalayim, if you have to go to the Nebrak or to Tel Aviv or somewhere, it's a Mahalach. So the person wants to learn. The person has a thing about being a Sameach Chas Nankala. Now, Halacha deals with these questions, of course. And that's how we know what, the, what we should do. Although it's not always clear-cut. A lot of the questions come up nowadays because you're not sure, like, how much simcha I can actually bring, you know, the husband. Because, you know, I once met them, I once met them at a dinner, uh, and we spoke for 30 seconds, and I feel that I need to invite them, or they needed to, they felt that they need to invite me, something like that. Nowadays it's become so uh, unclear exactly how do we define friends. Family was always family. Friends, it's always a question of what is a friend? But what does it mean, a friend? So how, it used to be people obviously had much fewer friends because the weddings were of 200 people, 250 people. When we were married, it was if somebody had 400 people, 450, it was considered to be extravagant, over the top. You know, 450, 500, and only Rebbe's had weddings with 1,000 people or something. Nowadays, I guess people have many more friends. It's so nice because now, regular weddings, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And, and, and that means people, I guess, are much friendlier than they used to be. Akhoponim, the 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 uh, question now is how does one define you know see not so there it becomes a little bit unclear in the muscle like how uh, how important am I to to those people <clears throat> but let's say that, uh, that that's clear that that your presence would be appreciated although this is a chashev thing it's not stam an acquaintance so they wouldn't care or they maybe gave you the invitation just as a uh, courtesy but no it's a uh, so it's a nice thing for you to go. They would appreciate it. On the other hand, on the other hand, during those hours and hours, you could sit and you could, a person could sit and learn. And if it's not someone that's in the best measures, there are things that could be accomplished with them, certainly with children, and so on and so forth. Now, if this person's stated goal in life is to draw closer to Hashem. That's what the safe is about. If the person's goal in life is Kirvis Elokim, Kirvis Hashem, then all of Lamad will live like Mayoisimakavalakana. Then the question boils down to this. What will bring me closer to Hashem? Which of these two things will bring me closer to Hashem? Since that's the tachas of my life. Is Kirvis Hashem. Which of these two things will cause will bring more Kirvis Hashem? Haim Masha Yilmat Ashav Will it be the learning that I'll do now? Or the chesed that I do by going to the chasna. There's no question that generally, generally in the hierarchy of halacha, of Torah and mitzvahs, Talmud Torah, learning Torah, is, is higher than, Torah comes from a higher place than than uh, a chesed. I will ainzais a merish a tamid sarach l'shabes v'lumad v'lalachas l'chasnas. But that doesn't mean that according to the Torah one must learn all the time uh, to the exclusion of going to somebody's simcha to be misamech somebody at a chasna. Sherei klal nokad biyadeinu. We have rules in halacha. We have general principles and guidelines in halacha. Over here, there's a general guideline. It's obviously very very complicated discussion. In, in halacha, but the general principle is shakal mitzvah shi'i that even though learning Torah is the highest mitzvah, but if there's another mitzvah that presents itself and and there's no one else that could do it for me, I can't. It's not the same. Obviously, they want me at the chasna. It would be ridiculous for me to pay somebody to say I'm here. I'm representing my shikapoya. He sent me. He gave me fifty dollars. He wanted me to come and say mazel tov. So that's there are certain things. It's a mitzvah that you're going to lose the opportunity because you can't send someone else to do it. So the rule is that even the Torah, the root of a Torah is, is higher. Studying Torah, learning Torah is higher. But when there's a mitzvah averis, when there's a mitzvah that's passing, and ef shalasas aydechem prisons. Everybody, everybody leaves the Mesmerish to go hear Megillah read. To go hear even though Megillah's Drabon, you go to hear Megillah read because Megillah, you, you, you can't send someone to hear it for you, you have to hear it yourself. And, it, and it's not going to be late, it's not going to be, you have Purim, you can't say, well, next week I'll have some time. Next week it's not Purim. So, 
So that's a mitzvah Iveris. It's a mitzvah that passes. And you won't be able to do it. You can't send someone to do it for you. So, same way. You take off time from learning to go put on tefillin. A person has to put on tefillin. What about Talmud Torah? Is, is Torah high? Say But, but uh, no. And if there's, God forbid, a, a funeral. So a funeral. person has to pay shevakuah. I. What about learning? You have to pay shivakul. And in such a situation, you know, you can't send somebody because that's not a nechama. You're the friend or you're a family. It's not a nechama for you to send somebody. You go yourself. If you can't get there, yes, but, you, but otherwise you should go yourself. So that's the rule. Shekol But there's a mitzvah that I can't uh, have somebody else take care of. It's something that can be taken care of. Obviously, if, a, if you, it's a question of uh, paying somebody's bill and helping them with some tzedakah. So if there's somebody that, that that's nearby, or you can call up and say, do me a favor and pay to drop off some money, you can save it. But this is a mitzvah, obviously, to go to a chasna, to go to a to shiva, that they're, they're waiting for you. They're not waiting for some messenger. Avala mishkal, so we have a principle in halacha. This is the principle that we just learned. That 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 a mitzvah which can't be done by somebody else overrides that that chavusa that you have or that learning that you have. So now the question is, with that halacha. The mishkal she told them The person has to approach the, the decision with the following mindset. Now that we know that, that this is the halacha, again in a very general way, that's the halacha. Which of these two choices will bring me closer to Hashem? Which of these two choices, staying and learning, or going to the chasna? Which of these two choices will bring me closer to Hashem's Baruch? Kishayelach lechasna, or kishayishav el If I go to the chasna, or if I stay and I learn Torah. Now listen carefully. Kirvas Hashem, ain't hakavana davka behargeishen. Closeness to God doesn't mean what will make me feel closer to God. Probably staying in the Bismedrish and learning something very, very beautiful and deep will make me feel closer to Hashem than getting in the car and fighting with the traffic or getting in a bus or schlepping and, and trying to find a spot and, and, and paying a couple of tolls and all that stuff. Probably, even though it's satisfying to go in and say, Master, but probably, Kirvas uh, Hashem, I'll feel closer to God by staying and learning. But we're not talking about feelings. The question is what causes greater attachment to God. Not necessarily, sometimes, but not necessarily feeling closer to God. Certainly, it's better to stay. It feels better to stay in this Medrash and learn. You feel great feelings and learning. You're staying in this Medrash. As opposed to dragging around on the streets and going and in a noisy, in a noisy hall, and uh, joining uh, some people in a circle or whatever, this is, uh, staying in Bismarck is is, the, is certainly as far as how one feels would be more of a kirvas Hashem. Our kirvas Hashem is This is the point. Kirvas Hashem is measured by the nakuda of truth, not how you feel. Feelings are not necessarily the truth. Mahu ratzon habari beinyan. That's a guaranteed. That's a guaranteed way of overcoming all kinds of mistakes in life, without any complications. What is the Ratz Hashem? What does God want? One must always try to come to the truth as Hashem defines the truth, not how I feel about it, but how Hashem defines the truth. We know that through the through Shulchan Aruch, through Halacha, through we don't always know. So yes, but what's the Halacha? So Afilu Shatzada Hashem Lefam Yosef Kasher, even though the choice 
is the more difficult one. Pachais Noach, less comfortable. In this case, getting in the car or getting in the bus and schlepping to a chasna. In Pachas Ergeshen, not only that, I feel less closeness to God. I feel more maybe annoyed about anything than closeness to Hashem. Oisim also. If it's the Ratzon Hashem, if it's the Emes, in this case, Halacha dictates. Again, it's a complicated Halacha, but the general rule is that if I can't somebody send someone to do this mitzvah, then then I leave, I close the I close the Gemara, I close the safe, and I go to the chasm. Yeah, it doesn't say you have to be there for the, you know the whole night, but I go to the chasm. It's a to chasm and kal. you do it. Ki hu emes, because it's the truth. And it attaches you whether you feel good about it or not so good. It attaches you in mitzias, in reality. It attaches you to the creator of the world, to the truth of the world, to the creator of the world, the Bayre Island. It attaches you to the Bayre Island. I mentioned many times that it says from the that there was with the uh, the safe from the Chayza from Oblin, or the safe from the Narmel and but there was a Maisa, it was a whole story. But the Maisa was that it wasn't it wasn't clear. He didn't have, where the Tzaddik was, he didn't have the Svarm. And there was a certain Indian that came up that was pulling him, that was pulling him uh, in a certain direction, and he wasn't comfortable and it wasn't clear to him that it was, that it was the right thing to do. And he davened and he said, I makabal upon myself with Messias Nefesh, that I will not do anything that's against your will. And, I, and if it's something which is what you don't want, then help me and make it clear to me. It was a whole thing, and, and, and he stayed away from it. And it turns out it would have been a terrible thing. And he, he, didn't, he, didn't, say, he didn't have the clarity, the halach is like this, the halach is like that, but he was prepared. He said with Messias Nefesh, I think he used such a strong language, like to leave the world, something like that, but not to do anything that's displeasing to you. I only want to do what's pleasing to you. So that's without quoting a different swarm he didn't have. To do what's pleasing to you. That's the Amos. That's the truth. So I've often you, I've often said things like this over the years and she you know a person when it comes to things of this world, a person can try to build up a case with all kinds of svaras, like all kinds of explanations and rationales. But if you ask yourself in the simplest way, is this pleasing to the master of the world? Which of the choices is more pleasing? Which choice gives him more pleasure? Which is the choice that's more nachas ruach to the creator? And forget about how you heard that there's a very great rabbi who said his wife did like this. And that. You know, all of these different things. What is the, what, Yedav Neshazbach, tell me, Rabbi Yishlam, it should be clear to me. What is more pleasing to you? What do you want? What's the Ratz When you know the halacha, so good. So then you don't have to dry around. When it's not clear to you, you have to daven, you have to daven, you have to ask if you can, if there's someone, if not, you have to daven. And, and you should be very suspicious, daven, because that thing that you want to do. Because very often what you want to do is not the Ratzon It's usually not. Sometimes it all depends how pure a person is, but usually not. But that's what the, that's what the person's Ratzon is. When the person's Ratzon is Kirvas Hashem, closeness to God, then the way to decide the way to choose is always which of the choices will bring me closer to God. Everybody knows that when Avram Avinu went to welcome his guests, that was a pretty tough choice to make. He was in the middle of talking to the Rebbe He had the Rebbe The Shechina was with him with Avram Avinu. And Okay, the Cheshman we're not going into right now because all this one talking about him. Why did he take a leave and all of that? But Lamaisa, he had a dilemma. He's talking to the Shechina is talking to him, Akash is talking to him, and a couple of a couple of Arabs walking in from the desert, right? So who Ozavaisai? He came to the conclusion, which is a discussion again in Halacha, that Gedola Hachnasus Orachim Yosef and Kabbalas Pnei that taking care of your human guests takes precedence even over uh, welcoming the Shechina herself.
No, that's the halacha. Chavan is by name. Let's think for a second. What was Avram Avinu thinking about? Do, we, do you think that Avram Avinu was struggling? Should I go or should I stay? Here I have a fantastic opportunity to stay in the Bismedrish. Not just the Bismedrish, but with my Chavus, that's the Barishlam. To stay here and to experience unbelievable visions and spiritual things which is for sure going to feel great, or do, I, or do I leave this and go and take care of these guests, which as we know included cleaning and washing and cooking and preparing and schlepping and so on, all that he did as we know, that he had to take care of these people. Eh? People, stunned people. He didn't, know they, he didn't know they were angels. So, what was Avramovino thinking? What am I going to do? Vadai Marshova Aches V'yichid. He had one thought. Not what's going to make me feel better, but what will bring me closer to the truth of God, to God's truth that He has revealed. Not what will make me feel better. There's no question that talking to Hashem is a much greater feeling, a much more wonderful thing. Than the, than the difficulties and unpleasantness that's, that's associated, that's needed to take care of, of, of the guests. Avlav Mervino, Shechitais, next page, Nunvav SMS. Avlavino's goal was one thing. Avlavino wanted the truth, wanted the MS. That's what he wanted. He just wanted the MS. He wanted the MS. Kivas Hashem Amitis. We want the true Kirvas Hashem. So, Bir La'atzmai, all our, what Avram Avinu needed to clarify, Ha'im HaKadosh Baruch Madiv, what does Hashem's Baruch prefer? What does He prefer? Ha'im HaKadosh Baruch Madiv, She'yeshar Khan, does He prefer that I remain here with Him? Or She'yelech L'Kayim Mitzvah Sachnas Zorachim, I go to take care of the human guests, or they appear to be human guests who have arrived. Nitnu kama v'kama dugmos. We have given a few examples. Achzuras achashiva tzvichelias achas. I'm giving you different examples, but it's the same consistent way of always thinking. Always to think this way. Miboker v'ad laila. From morning to night. Milayla ad boker, and from night to morning, b'chol eis or b'chol shor. At every moment, ha'achlota, the decision of a hagish l'chol davar, the way to decide and to approach everything in life, tzricha liyos al pi hashikul must be with this shikul, weighing this, weighing this this question, this issue. Which choice will bring me closer to Hashem? Not will cause me to feel closer to Hashem. The people who leave Tarmises, because they say that that takes me away from Him. And if I and if I be a you know a free spirited, uh, if I be a free spirited person, I just have my own kind of relationship with God. Then I would, then I'd be close to Him. No, it's not a matter of how you feel. That's a nice thing. The whole, he talks all the time about strengthening one's feeling. But that's not the question. The question is, in Mitzvahs, what choice, what decision will bring me closer to Hashem? A chasosholam lahepech. A chasosholam, the opposite. This is the thought that a Jew lives with every minute of his life. This is how a person lives with kivas elokim. It's not a matter of feeling close to God. That's good. We work on that. But am I doing something now that is bringing Kirvas me closer or further? And what's the reason that I the reason that I, I I'm making this decision is the reason because of how something makes me feel, or is the reason because of the mitzvahs of the tachlis of my life being 
being fulfilled, which is Kivas Hashem. This Be'etzim is the Knimius of Perm Cotton, of what we're in right now. It's a very, I said at the beginning, it's a very, very big Indian Perm Cotton. It's called Little Perm. The little perm in many ways is bigger than big perm. It's a quiet little perm. We're not coming back to shalachmanas and customs and noise and, and, and a suda. It's a very, very quiet little perm. But the Indian, the Knimius of perm cotton is very exalted and it's exactly this Indian. The, the way that the Ramah finishes the first section of Shulchan Aruch Arachayim so it concludes that section of Shulchan Aruch, of the four sections of Shulchan Aruch, the section that deals with our day-to-day lives, and Shabbos and Yantiv and so on. The last entry, the last halacha in Shulchan Aruch is when the Ramad brings two views about whether or not there is a responsibility to, to have some additional joy, to have some special meals and so on, on Purim Katan. The Ramad brings two views. And he decides la harboys ktsas. And everybody should try to do that either tonight or tomorrow. La harboys ktsas. You should try to wash and have something at one of them at a meal tomorrow, something a little bit extra. Look how they put cotton. Because that's the Ramos says that la harboys ktsas. And he ends with the most beautiful words. This is how he ends Arachayim. Vitov lev mishta tamid. Vitov lev. The one who has a good heart, it's interesting. Mishta Tamid is always in a Mishta, is always loosely translated, is always partying. But that's not like the implication is something strange. Taiv life, a person whose heart is joyous, Mishta Tamid, his whole life is a celebration. It's a beautiful way, that's how he ends. Taiv life, Mishta Tamid. Now, the 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 Chida points out that there's something remarkable that's happening here. That Shulchan Archaim ends with the word, with those words, Tayv Leiv Mishta Tamid. Tamid means always, to be always celebrating, to be always besimcha. And he says the Ramah began Shulchan Aruch with the words Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. Also, Hashem is always before me. Shevisi Hashem lenegdi samid. And the Chidah says, these are the two tmidim kehil chasam. The two words tamid. He begins and he ends with the word tamid. Which means constantly. Constantly. And the Pneumius, the Svarim say, of Purim Katan, as we all know, and I spoke about it a little bit on Shabbos, the Pneumius is to align the sun and the moon, the lunar calendar and the solar calendar, to make sure that they, that they remain aligned properly. As we say in Davening and Shabbos in the Nishmas, May our eyes shine like the sun and the moon. The meaning of that request, it means a lot. I spoke a little bit Shabbos, but the enemy is Kashemish Vikayareach means perpetual. Perpetual. Kashemish Vikayareach, that there shouldn't be any interruption in time, day and night. Like Vegisabo Yamavalaila, studying Torah day and night. Because there is some incongruence between the day and the night, and by making that alignment in the calendar, that realignment in the calendar, and that adjustment, we are seeing to it that there are no spaces between the sun and the moon. That's basically what happens. The details of everybody knows and can, can learn how that works. It's quite complicated in math and astronomy. But the Yisayna Dover of Alipia, of course, is to see to it that the Shemesh and the Ereach have no spaces in between the two, the two ways of counting time. And the meaning of that is Shivisa Shamanagdi Samid. The meaning of that is to live a life of absolute consistency, 
of quiet consistency. Only a Jew who lives in the way of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid, who lives every moment with God in his mind, Kivas Hashem. Only such a person, Be'emis, can live in a way of Tayyiv Leiv Mishta Tamid. Only such a person can live in that world of Tayyiv Leiv, of the joyous heart, Mishta Tamid. And Chazal, which is that light wall of life, is that celebration of living in a state of Dveikis Hashem. And, and it, we just read in the parasha, this past Shabbos, all of these things converge at this time of the year. When talks, the Torah talks about the Urm Betumim, you remember that Aaron HaKarim wore, that he, Aaron HaKarim wore the lights that shine. That's also the meaning of the sun and the moon and so on. The lights were shining on the breastplate of the Karim Gadol, the Urm Betumim. So the Torah says over there, the Nosa Aharon as Mishbene Yisrael Alibay Lefnei Hashem Tamid. That Aaron wore always upon his, upon his chest, he always wore the the names of the Jewish people, the tribes. He, in other words, the Jewish people were constantly on his heart. Alibai Tamid always were on his heart. Jews were all that Aaron thought of them. Constantly. That's how he lived. Alibai Tamid. Alibai Tamid. And, and uh, the meaning of that is that here the Baruch Shalom pointed out the difference between Moshe and Aaron that is great as of course they both were but there's a difference you remember that Moshe was concerned that Aaron would feel jealous of him perhaps and Hashem reassured Moshe and don't worry Aaron he says that he, the Baruch Shalom told him and the way that Chazal said is that Aaron's heart doesn't have any machitzes in it you know what means machitzes? doesn't have any um Barriers or blockages or divisions and compartments. Aaron's heart is just an open heart. It's wide open territory. He has room for everybody. You know? And there are no machitas. There's no machitas. No, he doesn't have compartments. I love this. I don't love this. I love this one. I don't love this one. I love this one. He doesn't have. Oh, so Aaron is going to be totally happy for you. He doesn't have like this in you. If you thought that about Aaron, then you have some machitas. Because you have such, you suspect it. It was very nice of you, and you're very considerate. But Aaron is going to wear upon his heart the Jewish people, and not you. And that's when Moshe didn't have, it was taken from him the corner. Instead, what's interesting is that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu would be the would be the Rebbe and the father of all Levim. Levim, one of the main responsibilities of the Levim is that they were the they were the the gatekeepers of the Beis the Shoarim. You know, but when you have to guard the the Beis Hamikdash, they were the guardians of the Beis Hamikdash, the Levim, and they were in, they were in charge of opening and closing the gates of the Beis Hamikdash. But opening and closing doors and guarding and standing around the walls means that there are divisions and barriers. It's not Talmud already. It means sometimes yes, sometimes no. Right? When there are walls, it means sometimes I allow you in my heart, and sometimes you have to stay outside my heart. So Moshe Ben is the father of Levim. Sometimes, sometimes you're allowed. Sometimes you're not allowed. And there are places that Moshe Benah went where people couldn't go. And Moshe Benah wore a veil over his face. And it was a wall. But not Aaron. When Aaron died, everybody was crying, right? You remember? Because Aaron was without any divisions or walls or complications. It was a totally open heart. Tamid, always, every minute, for every Jew, anywhere. He lived in such a way. He was always, always, with everybody, in such a way. And that's why it's interesting. By Purim Cotton, by this Purim that we're living in now, Purim Cotton, there's no Indian of walled cities or cities without walls. There's no Indian like that. There's only by regular Purim. Regular Purim is a difference of you from a walled city. It's not Talmud, you understand? If you're in Yushalayim, it's like this. But Yushalayim doesn't want you to be... Yushalayim has its own Purim, you know. And then if you're outside Yushalayim, you have, your own, you have a different Purim. So regular Purim already makes walls. It's very great. But it's not, in that respect, it's not as great as Purim Cotton. Purim Cotton is, is unbelievably humble. That's why it's called Little Purim. And Purim Cotton's humility is such, like Aaron Akayim, that it's without walls. It's without walls. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not noisy. It's not a matter of how you feel. On Purim, everybody's worried about feeling Purim Dick. On Purim Cotton, it's not worried about how you feel. It's, not, it's, a, it's like, a, a, a regular, it's a, it's a regular day. 
the ultimate vision of what's going to be when Mashiach comes is described by the Pesach. The Navi says, Prozai's Teshev Yerushalayim. There's going to come a time where Yerushalayim is not going to need any more walls. Right now we're all very inspired when we come to the Yerushalayim and then we come up to the city and we see the walls of the old city. But that, the emiss the the is, is that's Chaval. When you have walls, it means that people are, some people are kept in and other people have to be kept out. It's not Al-Khadkhila to have walls. It's not Al-Khadkhila. It means there's a Tchum. There are boundaries, there are barriers. Prozess taste of Yerushalayim, it's going to come a time at the end when Yerushalayim will be wide open. Prozess taste of means the halach, the levels of Kedush of Yerushalayim, whatever that means. Prozess taste of Yerushalayim, that there's going to be a Yerushalayim that will be tamid, will always be, not just sometimes, it will always be Yerushalayim, not sometimes. And and that's the that's the image of of what perm cotton is. There's no taste of perm cotton, but what the what the mechaber uh, here is talking about to live in such a way to live with kivus or kim. That's the image of perm cotton. Toiv leiv mishta tamish shivisa shalom negdi salmon. Shivisa shalom negdi salmon is perm cotton, not with noise, not with customs, not with not with sudas. Big big deal. Shivisa shalom negdi salmon. Some the tmedius, the consistency of being a yid. That's a very high thing. It's a very very high thing. The consistency of being a yid from day to day, hour to hour. And that's and that's what he says. The promise of reward. Each person lefim halalo means what? Lefimashu hu mahalol that which you see in life is the most important is what you want most. What you think is most important and most precious is what you want most. That's 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 a very, very rational thing. What is most important to you is most precious. You want most. But let's think for a minute. Everyone else would say that Yiddishkeit is the most important thing, it's the most precious thing. But then we have a problem because then how come we don't want it more than a lot of other things. So, the MS is the test of how important something is, is how much you want it. How, how do we know how important something is to you? By how badly you want it. Now we come back to the question of tearing ourselves away from things of this world. And we, how we associate that with something which is so tragic and horrible. Not having the extra piece of cake, or not having the the, 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 the slice of pizza, or whatever, the, not having this experience or that experience. There was someone that told me, a from, a from person told me once, that he made up his mind that he's not going to leave the world unless he does a certain Avera. So he told me. There's a certain strange type that he has, that's, that I wouldn't talk about in mixed company, or even not mixed company <laughs> that he said to me once he said that even though he can't do it now but his intention is before he dies to, to indulge in this time, in a certain thing yeah. such a machshav that he had that, uh, so the, the, in other words he can't bear the thought of dying as, uh, you know, uh, uh, of leaving the world without having experienced that, that uh, pleasure that he saw as being a big thing as being a pleasure so, the tear one. How do we? So we associate, obviously not as extreme as that person, but we associate taking ourselves away from things of this world. And even the term "kirvaselakim kirvasashem" sounds so boring and lifeless. We associate. We think of things that way. Why? So it says, If if your goal is closeness to God. And you and you live with this thought: Is this going to bring me closer to Hashem or not? And the is that's what you want, Kirvus Hashem. Obviously, through the first sefer and through this sefer, that's what we're trying to be mavara, to want Kirvus Elokim more than anything. Then a person just has to ask the question: Is this thing going to bring me closer to Hashem or not? Hula Yifraish mi menu mikayach nekudis atzvus. If the, if the answer is no, 
this is going to bring me further from God. It's going to take me away from the truth of what God says. Not how I feel, but the truth of God. That's the answer. So then I turn away from it, but not being depressed and, and saying, oh boy, I can't believe I can't do that. That doesn't make sense, because if your goal in life and what you want is Kirvis Elohim, and this is something that is the antithesis of Kirvis Elohim, or distances you instead of bringing you closer, then, then why would you be sad to, to give it up? You'll go away from it. He says, You're not going to go away from it with an akud of atzvus, with an akud of sadness. Remember, sadness is a strong word. Okay, a person could say, no, yeah, maybe that would have been interesting or something, but sadness. You're not going to go with the akud of sadness. Just the opposite. Anybody, as we learned before, who has tasted the feeling of being misgabber, of, of being strong and not giving in to something that, that he wasn't supposed to, knows how good that feels. How wonderful that feels. A person who Lolena was ever addicted to something and was able to strengthen himself or herself and not give in, it's the most empowering it's the most empowering thing in the world. That 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 Hargosha of it's 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 infinitely it's infinitely greater than 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 giving into that taiva, to that desire. So when a person lives with a rots and damas, not a gain, tamid of kirvas Hashem, so then, then the person who's giving up something that's in the sign, and, and even to the extreme of in the end, if it means giving up life itself, it's not mitoich in the kud of atzvus, of sadness. It's not that you have to have them come out with a violin and play a sad song. That this person wanted to go, he wanted to go to the movie Saturday night, and and he was misgabber, and he gave a shy, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to this, and then they, and then he stays home, and they, and they play a sad song the violin. what are Achmanis? And they play the sad song, whatever. the whole world is running to, the, to this. There's a new movie that uh, that was just coming out. This movie, no one ever saw such a gewaldige movie, and so on. And he's by himself, or he's with his children at home. You take out a violin and play it. Sad nigger. Hey, what a loyutzlach! What a loser! What a loyutzlach! Right? No, it's not. It's not an us. It's not a sadness. Going to that place is the opposite. Forget about Rambams and Shochnaros. It's like the Maisa said before from the Chayza. It's not going to bring me closer to the Rambams. It's going to be further away. And forget about the dimian, the delusion that everything will remain status quo. We already are mature enough to know that that's not how life is. It's no such thing as status quo so if that's if that's the case and you want Kibbutz Olakim then the precious then staying away from that is not the cause of a sad song and it's not and it's not reason to be depressed or to be sad or to feel like vault. I can't believe what I gave up or it's a feeling of of simcha because every person every person is mistaken to have what's important to him and if what's important to you is Kevis Elohim, you've achieved it that night by staying away from the wrong thing. So we don't look at it like, oh, this is what it means to be a Jew. You can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that, which it looks like the people from the outside, and even, I'm sorry to say, people from the inside. At this chasna I was last, uh, last night, there was a, there was a very, very choshev at Chachem, he was telling me that lately he's been going, he's been talking to He's been talking in his name, but I don't remember if he's in Bar Park. He's been talking to some Chassid Shechev after Shul. Young men, not the older men, but he's been talking to young men. These are young men. They go to Davin, they go to Mix, they go to Davin every morning. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he asks them. He, talk, he talks to them. He's very much involved he, he, with, with being the care of people this, this year. And, uh, and, and, and he asks them, and he asks them um, if, you had, if you had a choice not to be born into a religious family, it's not from a chassidish, not chassidish, to be religious or not. So he says that the answers he would say are overwhelmingly, 
I, I would prefer not to be religious if I didn't have to be. And he says, these are people that go to shul every day. Mikveh too. And shul every day. So, if that's not what you really want, I'm not talking about why the chavit, you know, this chavit don't want, what, it's, it's no different than chavit anywhere, Hashem Yerachim. So why don't we really, why don't they really want it? So you understand, then, if you have to give up the internet, if you have to give up the show, if you, it's all looked at in such a negative way, that this is my, my, this is my burden being a religious Jew. It's a burden. It's a burden. It weighs heavily on me. That's how the kids feel growing up. It's a burden. This weighs heavily upon me. It means don't, 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 don't. It can be normal. It weighs upon me too. Because the, because the Nakuda there is not Kirvis Elokim. Not blaming it. That's, that's what it sees. It's not Kirvis Hashem. It's not Kirvis Hashem. So then every single time I have to not do something, it's precious. It's like, it's, uh, like I have to pull away from it. And it's painful because it looks like fun. And it is fun. From that Mabat, from that perspective of things of this world, it is fun. And I can't do it. And my whole Yiddishkeit is a Yiddishkeit of can't, 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 can't. And when the education is lacking in Kivis of Akim, then we have a very, very dangerous mix. It's a very, very sad situation to be in. And many of the kids and adults find themselves in it. The difference is that those adults will keep on going to shul and so on. And the kids still feel they're in a place of choice and they're not stuck yet and they want to get out. They get out, they may, they all plan to get back eventually, but they want to have a good time. Some of them don't get back because they get lost at Shemirachim. But some do. More do. But when a person thinks this way, what's the sadness? It's besimcha. It's Because he understands, he recognizes, and he feels. Because he feels that these things of the world are taking him further away from Hashem, they're bringing him closer. And he wants more than anything to be close. You can understand that with the marshal like we spoke last time with the chasna, kala, boy, and a girl. You can understand that. That if something's going to take you away from your beloved, then you don't want it. If something's going to bring you closer to your beloved, then you want it. It's, it's not complicated. It's all a matter of question of whether or not you really love that person. And what you want is closeness. And if you love the person, and what you want is closeness, then anything that will bring you closer is good. And you want. Anything that will take you apart is bad, and you stay away from it. Not because you're sad. It doesn't make you sad. It makes you happy, because the gift is closeness to the one that you love. And that's what you want more than anything. It would have been nice, but if you have a, if you have a person, if you have a man that... that that he's walking around at work, he's a married man, he walks around at work thinking all the time, I can't believe I can't flirt with that lady, I can't believe I can't go home with this lady, I can't, that's, that's a very, that's a, that would be a very upsetting uh, situation. And there are plenty of people that live like that, Hashem Yerachim. That, what do you mean? You can't go home with this lady. Oh, if I would be allowed to, I would do this, I would go there and do this and do that. That's, what kind of a marriage is that? So then, that person feels every time that he every time that he doesn't do the avayr, he says, "What a tzaddik and a giver!" It's so it's so hard for me. It's so hard for me. What's hard for you? If you truly loved your wife, and if you truly felt that closeness to her was what you wanted more than anything, then that's not a struggle. It's not a struggle. It's a mulchama. And even if, because there's a taiva that person has, it's a natural, even almost physical taiva, with men that's much stronger than with, with women. Even if there's such a, but it's not a shikulatas, like, you know, after, it's, it's not, and it's not with sadness that a person goes away from those things and feels upset that he can't have those things. Uh, that, you know, he might be caught on surveillance or something. Specifically, he has, he's so grateful that he has a wife that he loves. It's the shaila. Was the Shaila. That's now we come back and finish. That upsetting thing that we learned at the beginning weeks ago, where when I say upsetting is it it struck us as something which is very strong. That the Chavos talks about the life of the Chosid of the Tzaddik. 
that his spirit, his ruach, should return to God from where it comes. So that to us sounds very morbid and suicidal and depressing. But that's not where the Chavaz is coming from. He would look at us with great pity if, if we don't understand this. He's not saying that, he's not talking about a death wish. He's not saying that, that life is bad. That's not what it means at all. What he's talking about is Ay, how gewaldig it is to be with God. It's such a gewaldig thought that death is not frightening and death is not depressing. Because, because the closeness of God beyond the body, beyond this world, the physical world, is infinitely stronger than it is here. That's all it means. Not that it's not a death wish. The tzaddik lives in a very productive way in this world. It's not a death wish. Chavos is saying is that when, when one truly wants to be with his beloved, this world gets in the way. Of that relationship. That's just how it is. Physical life gets in the way of the relationship with God. It's used in that relationship, and Hashem says, even though you don't feel it, but we'd like to feel it. That's what Hosea says. I want to feel close to God. Not just to know that I'm doing the right thing. I want to feel that close to God. So if a person lived, which is woman, if a person lived very, very far away from his beloved and, and, uh, from the one that he loves and he wants to be with, marry and be with and so on and um, and forever and ever he's uh, he's writing poems and he's uh, sending poems and all different all these nice things and phone calls and the and the uh, the color uh, whatever it is in Australia someplace or Christ on the other side of the world the color says you should know you should know even though I'm not with you even though you don't feel my closeness because I'm not because I'm thousands of miles away. What you're doing is a gewaltige thing, and it's making us very close. So at some point, you know, the person says, "I, I don't want to just I don't want to just do things that uh, officially cause us to have a closer relationship. I want to be with you." That is the feeling that the Chavos of Elvis was expressing in the mouth of the tzaddik. That the world. The world is a world that's physical, and because of that, we can't feel God closeness all the time. The one who truly wants God sees this world as such. Not something to hate, but something that interrupts. And something that's delaying that relationship on the deepest level. That's all it means. To go back truthfully to the master of the world. The author says this is not an exalted, this is not such a high level for a person who's seeking the truth. Not because, wow, what? This is not, he says, if a person wants to run Islam, it's not so strange. Who's seeking God? Seeking God, so then you ask, where, where does he live? So he lives everywhere. But where can I really, really meet up with him, you know? Where do I get a private audience? The answer is, oh no, that's not going to happen. Uh, that can't happen until 120. Oh, it's a long time to wait. Not for us. It would be 140. It would also be good. But for, but for the chassid, the barishlam, I can have yechidus with the barishlam. One on one. Without all the garments and coverings and without all the service and problems and so on, this world and all the blockages and all the obstructions, I can't wait. That's the basis of most say you have a lot said I was waiting my whole life for this opportunity. And the basis is uh, I was waiting for such an opportunity. So we look at them and we say, What are you talking about? And then we start saying, you know, God doesn't want that, God doesn't come. Man wants it. And God wants us to live, of course, and to accomplish what we have to. But a person he says, This is not a strange feeling for someone who's seeking God. That's what God is. God is underneath and above this world. In this world, he's here, he's everywhere, but it's, it's so much more hidden. And the person who really, really wants that, Bamis wants that. See, he's not, he's not depressed by the thought of leaving the body. Like Rabbi Nachman said, when you crying, when Rabbi Nachman was dying, he was coughing up blood, and he was almost the end, and Rabbi Nachman said, and they're all crying, and Rabbi Nachman said, what are you, what are you crying about? He said, is for me, it's like changing from one cult into another cult. Are you crying? What's everybody getting upset? 
So, when a person knows that the goof, that the body is hiding the neshama, it's covering the neshama. And it's covering and, and concealing and holding back. And the true experience of closeness to him, he prefers the neshama. He would prefer the neshama not being stuck in the, in the physical world. Not that he does anything, God forbid, to harm himself, but that's the truth. That's how he feels. That it's preferable to being in this world. It's preferable. It's an emissive feeling of an Not some madrig of only the biggest tzaddik of an While accomplishing in this world and being part of the world, but whoever lives with this shivisa shamanagisami has that feeling of longing. When am I going to finally get to Australia? Where am I going to get to Hong Kong with my, with my cowlers and my husbands? Where am I going to get to that place? He says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You should know that, you should know by all your good thoughts and feelings where you are here in New York, that in Hong Kong it's making you much closer. Okay, I say that, but I, I, I appreciate that I'm happy about that, and it gives me a nice feeling. But when am I actually taking my flight? Where am I going? This is so the So the, the husband feels... Uh, some impatience being in this world. The world is a place that is a, that for him is a hindrance. Even though it's a great thing that he could accomplish and he gets closer to God through this and the world is Givaldi. But he's anxious to meet his beloved. There's an anxiousness to meet his beloved. And that's what the Chavis Lavos was talking about. We should all have long, healthy lives of waiting, of waiting for that day. Mm-hmm.